0: What we're going to talk about uh, in this conversation is how to anchor and nourish a vision. And I know Tom is very keen to describe really what he means by anchoring and, I guess, nourishing as well, a vision. So, Tom, um, for people who don't know you, do you want to talk to a little bit of background about your kind of arrival in this moment, really? And uh, sort of how you've uh, enjoyed quite a, quite an interesting journey, very different to a lot of people, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm based in the I'm based in the UK. Um, I've had very much an eclectic journey, both I think both on a spiritual side, but also on a also on a work side. I think that you know my early jobs were in things like community development. One of my first really interesting jobs was a project manager of a community garden up in Norwich. Um, then I was involved with green politics. I was a local councillor in um, in the UK. And yeah, but I always, I, 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 had a, I had a real yearning to explore different spiritual traditions. I never felt really sort of that I, I was completely, how to put it, comfortable or, or embraced just in, in one. I was very much someone who was within a tradition for a while, but then would have doubts and move to another one and learn and kind of grow and, and sort of and, and develop. Um, So I I, I learned a lot over that time and I always had an ambition uh, that at some point in my life it would sort of come into a focus in which I don't know, I mean, it wasn't necessarily a fully conscious thing. What what I would do with all of this spiritual knowledge from Buddhism or the yogic tradition or... uh, western esotericism shamanism sort of christian mysticism i mean I've, I've explored a lot of different a lot of different traditions over the years but i kind of looking back you know i i had a sense it was going to emerge into something i mean i even used to even with my friends sometimes they would tease me sometimes i would just be you know like cycling or, or just walking and i would be sort of preparing talks or or, or about these particular themes as if say like now like almost 15 20 years later I'm in a position where that's very much what I do I can can either go online and I I do a lot of online courses or in person events so I always felt I was kind of being prepared for (laughs) that's how I like to think about it I was kind of preparing myself to sort of manifest these things um, in my life i mean one thing that i always like to touch upon and it was important for me that that most of the the the, most of the work that i I do within the well-being sector meditation yoga or the courses we do i always try and bring in a a sense of a respect both for the natural world like a sense of being grounded in the natural world and a care for nature but also some kinds of connection to spirit some kind of project um some kinds of connection to the transcendence has always been uh always been an important thing um but sometimes because i've done so many things and have not necessarily just focused on one thing the theme the main theme of today's podcast just how to actually anchor anchor a vision sort of in our hearts in a way and nourish a new project or a new venture is something that's quite Pertinent for me because in terms of my own psychology and even according to one of my friends, my astrology, it's very easy for me to be sort of to be drawn into different directions and not necessarily so natural, really, to feel sort of that you're really anchored within a sort of a vision or an idea or something that you want to manifest.
0: So if somebody was listening to this, I mean I'm curious about these as you described the various traditions and um, approaches and um, yeah, kind of ways of thinking about the world um, and energies and consciousness that these are you know quite a um, a range of experiences that you've had on your journey do, do you feel that these have been almost subconsciously driven by you or do you think these have kind of found you um in terms of because when when people sort of describe things as being a calling it's almost like something else or somewhere else is calling them wow. and, and it's kind of driven externally i mean where do you feel that you're Kind of impetus for for this broad range of experiences has come from. Is it is it an internal thing that you've shaped, or do you think this is something driven by a higher, wider, or external power or influence?
1: You know, this is a quite a big theme uh, that you're touching upon, Neil. And um I was having somewhat of a similar conversation with my friends uh, a couple of days ago. We were in in Wales and we were going to this ritual. For the winter solstice, and we were reflecting upon some of these deep questions about the role of um, individual free will or destiny, or what is it that we're kind of moving within our lives. And the analogy that, that 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 I that kind of came to me at that point was: I somewhat feel that in my life, it's as if there. It's imagine you're at an, an, you're at a, an orchestra or something, and someone has written the score, as it were. For them for the music for the orchestra to play and I kind of feel like that in my life that there is a score that's unfolding but what I have volition over what I have freedom over is is how I dance with that how I move with that like how I respond to that how I respond to that flow of energy that wants to move through me for me that's the that's the the useful sort of um balance between the ideas of destiny or predestination and free will i think there's kind of there's a way that we have both but i also feel that i'm not fully in control of over the all of the things in my life i always liked an einstein quote in this regard i'm going to try and remember it or it might have been schopenhauer who i think was quoting einstein or the other way around <laughs> something like that or um yeah Einstein quoting schopenhauer but there was something like you can will what you want but you cannot will what you will as it were in other words there's something that's so deep in the level of the human will or our intuition that it's not really it's not really a conscious uh choice as it were it's something for me more that we just need to somehow align ourselves to and it might be a little bit different than what we expect if that makes sense i mean it, it, there is a sense of kind of knowingness if if we're really ourselves knowingness if if we're really manifesting what we feel is our our, our our authentic individuality or personality um but that's you know that's a sacred thing it's not it might be something that we kind of need to work for or it might be something that takes you decades to even feel like you're really authentically in your power. It's quite a mysterious thing that we kind of need to somehow um, cultivate and just sort of uh, awaken within ourselves somehow. Mm.
0: You know, the school run beckons, the the boss is on the phone, Um, the to-do list is ever increasing. My social media timeline is looking like a chaotic car crash, you know. (laughs) this is kind of real life and mm. then how does that kind of sit for a lot of people when they're kind of ch- literally chasing their tails and at the same time we're kind of talking here about this this need for space and mm. time to find out I'm going to come back to your word there alignment mm. I mean that's hard isn't it in in a current sort of lifestyle that most people have which is you know there's never enough hours in the day mm-hmm. you know you're just pulled from pillar to post i mean Mm -hmm. where do you begin with something like this because it sounds a great great kind of alignment great balance to be in but beginning must be the hardest thing
1: um it is but it's 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 um for me because i have quite a creative uh quite a creative nature that when I can tap into that creativity or that creative flow, I can be, I feel like I can be enough of an artist in my life to somehow balance these things, to somehow balance these things in terms of the, to the extent that we get caught up in the, um, the busyness of life or or caught on the, what would be called like the, the hamster's treadmill or whatever metaphor we want to use for it you know if we can somehow keep that creative play it with alive within ourselves and otherwise if we can be more in the mode of creativity rather than just reactivity then that's the that's that's one of the differences for me and it's really about finding for me it's really about doing what what you need to do to to keep that that flame that of re, of creativity alive in your life and that's going to be something that it's going to be different for different people and uh it's not necessarily going to be something that someone else is just going to be able to tell you it's not something that someone it's not i don't think it's really like because it'd be easy for me to say well of course what what it takes is 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 a regular meditation practice and uh that's going to bring you that focus but it very much depends on your psychology for some people it might be creative writing you know when i was a uh, a young a young man with i mean i I still do a lot of creative writing now but it was very it was very uh, cathartic and moving for me I, i would just get so absorbed in my creative writing that i would literally forget about even what what the time was like hours would pass it would seem like nothing i was so absorbed so if you can find ways to have that sort of um playful absorption it could be gardening it could be creative writing poetry art music playing an instrument can sometimes find that somehow keeping that creative flow alive and if you can do that i think it helps massively in terms of your engagement with your um your working life and so that you're not overly exhausted because i think that what a lot of what happens and i've had this in different different chapters of my life just completely exhausted completely exhausted with you know if you're working full time and you you don't have that much space and you 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 kind of you feel like how you how you can have that work sort of life balance but it but you you know you might need to be quite stubborn almost (laughs) in terms of keeping these these things alive within you in terms of whatever it is that keeps that creativity alive i think that's the kind of the uh, the key and also I think paying attention to your stress levels not sacrificing especially for people like us who work more within the realm of well-being not not sacrificing our well-being for the sake of just that extra social media post or that extra YouTube video I mean because if we lose our well-being then of course our business is gonna or that's gonna have a detrimental impact upon our business as well so I think that's important
0: so, do do you feel that it is that that sense of creativity then that comes first? Because, you know, there there are well many many people practitioners who will say, "Oh no, no, you've got to find your vision. Do do the the mood board, create the mood board, have this great dream, and then go go power ahead to try and find it." It's all about you know positivity and motivation and rah rah rah. Mm. What we're saying here is actually something quite different, which it feels. The way that you're kind of describing it tom is it is much more about going inward into yourself and it's more almost a, um, a voyage of discovery rather than sort of manifesting or attempting to manifest this kind of artificial thing that might exist in the future it kind of almost sounds like you can have it in the moment that you decide you're going to begin to be creative have i got that right I think
1: so i think it needs to, i think yeah i really feel like that and it's it's nice that you're sort of um yeah, feeling into what I'm uh, describing here, and I want to sort of make it clear: it's not like I have this this all of this stuff completely worked out, and I have a twelve step program in terms of you know how to. He probably develop does, though,
0: people. He, he probably great... does. He'll tell us about that later. It's anyway, <laughs> this, come on this
1: to kind that. of creative vision, but I think that it, it the first thing is that creative energy that creates a flow within ourselves, and then comes, then comes. The practical activities because even going into a room uh, and doing you know a vision board or a mood board or something like that you might find that you might not be fully engaged or you might not be fully ready to to, to be in that environment it might cause stress or it might Mm -hmm. cause anxiety anxiety because there just may be what i feel you know it's good to point out there may be sort of emotional blockages there may be emotional blockages that that is useful for us to um, to recognize and, and sort of and, and to feel, in, feel into and really say if you were going to go to an event like that and you feel resistance it, it would be a sense of feeling well what is it in me that's resistant why am I why am I resistant to this and it may be that that because in your rational mind you're thinking about focusing on a project and it might be you did something similar a couple of years ago that went completely pear-shaped and you're just you haven't resolved that emotional stuff to do with that project yet and somehow you need to refine that and i think one of the best ways to refine that is is to try to awaken what you could call the kind of child of play or your, your playful child within you and that might mean going back to things you did as a child or it might be loves that you've put to one side i mean that's been very important for me recently i was uh started to write a play or rewrite i should say a play about the great um artist and poet william blake and i I literally i wrote this play about 16 years ago and i was on my hard drive of, of various computers over the years but i always kept it And I just thought, you know, I'm just going to give myself a bit of a break here rather than just go on to a new course or a new project. I'm going to get that play. I'm going to print it off and I'm going to I'm going to have a look at that play because it's because it's very it was very alive for me. You know, my kind of love for uh, the work of people like William Blake. And it might be that you need to kind of rekindle these old loves before you can move on to new things, if that makes sense.
0: Mm, So there's a sense of kind of really listening and giving yourself the space and time to really kind of listen, as you say, from, mm-hmm. you know, way, way back, um, as well as maybe things that are kind of happening in and around your world at the moment. So rather than just racing and rushing and setting this kind of, you know, audacious goal to achieve let's call it success, whatever that mm-hmm. might look like and sort of be defined by, you know, in yourself personally. Um, but what we're talking about here is actually just going inward, reflecting, a little bit of introspection mm-hmm. and just sitting with it. And then if if you feel then, is it, again, is it about then feeling the calling in whatever way that then comes out? So it could be, as you say, it could be art, it could be, you know, mm-hmm. music, it could be some form of spontaneous creativity and it could come out in any form and and all of us have got something of a creative nature in us even though people might be listening to this thinking well i'm not creative but it's innate in all human beings it's just different you know we can't really define it as a single thing is is it that we need to just literally sit and wait and, and let it arrive or is there some level of kind of proactiveness that we have to be sort of you know almost sort of instigating it I'm keen to sort of find find where this starting point really can be.
1: Uh well, for me, um I mean that really is a mysterious sort of thing we're touching on here. It's a bit like the question of well how do you create space in your life? Do you know what I mean? I mean how do you how do you create the spaciousness in your life where these things can begin to sort of flow through through to you in a natural way rather than a sort of artificial enforced way i think that i mean one thing that's um important for me recently and it's really been revelationary really is i really realized on a personal level the extent to which my behavior was dictated uh in my view sort of in an unhealthy way by trying to meet the, ex- the expectations of others in the sense of being approved by them in the sense of being approved by them so i think that if we're doing any projects or anything really and if it's if, if 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 we really analyze if we're honest it's because we want approval by certain people it might be your partner or your friends or your parents and if you're doing it just for the approval of others rather than because that's deeply what your heart desires it's somehow about how to come to the point where you're sort of more internally directed rather than just externally pulled on the strings that you're half that most of your time you're not even conscious of. It's somehow somehow finding a way to sort of to step into that because although I feel that we do live within a, a very sort of um, to some extent sort of still like individualistic culture, and I know there's a sort of movement away from that into more community living and connectedness and, and all of that the the ability to be a a sort of um free individual i mean that's a very mysterious thing i mean it's just something that i feel like as for as a 41 year old i'm finally starting to really step into i think it's what uh carl Jung talked about when he talked about the process of individuation it's a myst- it's a mysterious thing it's not it doesn't mean just that you get what you want all the time, and you just rock, rock, rock around the world, just being a, you know, being a kind of individual. Is this a, is a mysterious thing that we're really touching upon here? Mm.
0: That was I, I almost sensed a collective kind of oh, kind of um, emotion coming through from everybody listening to this because, and I certainly felt it there where you described that because it's like there there was the moment of, of kind of realization of this isn't about anybody else. This is just about me. Mm. You know, it's my vision. It's my dream. It's my life. It's my okay. thoughts. It's my feelings. It's my behaviors. It's my anchoring. It's my nourishing. It's my everything. Mm-hmm. And I think there's the thing, this real kind of sense of you can own this, you know, uh-huh. this is all about you. This is kind of, this isn't really, even if you've got a you know, very close intimate relationship with another this isn't even about them. It doesn't really even involve them. Okay. They might support it. They might be behind you, you know, as you kind of describe this to others, but it is all very, very much about self, isn't it? This is, this this is where the power in this lies, isn't it? And I think if we can become, and you know, I I do share your kind of feeling about you do reach a certain point in your life where you think, hold on a minute. (laughs) (laughs) everything everything else is everybody else's and i know what's mine and it's not things it's not it's not tangible things it's just you get that sense of oh oh oh, yeah now it starts to make sense and like you say you don't figure it all out because we're all learning every single day and we're never going to figure it out that's the beauty of it but you do get those little moments where you think okay now and I have actually used the word wise because I think mm-hmm. once you hit that point and you can only know it when you know it, you mm-hmm. can't kind of make this up. You could read it in a book. You could hear somebody say it. But until you feel it, you don't really know it. But when you do know that you felt it, it's, oh, okay. So nobody else actually really matters in this thing. This is all about actually me owning it, really owning it. And that's really empowering, isn't it? Because you're in control there and you're in charge even though this might be driven by some externality, some some other power or whatever, like we talked about earlier, but you're still in charge Mm. of how you interact and work with that because this is where all the kind of a whole energy flow thing comes in, isn't it? This is where, you know, you have choices. Uh This is where it gets really interesting for me. I I think this is great.
1: Yeah, and and for people that are familiar with attachment styles, a lot of... um, people like me who are in spiritual circles are people that at some point have um, kind of tried to pave their life in order to be more sort of self-reliant in some way in and in kind of not rely upon others so it was almost a journey for me to work against that to say no no I want to be in a long-term relationship I want to share my life with my beautiful partner which we've been together for nearly over five years now so it was a journey for me to step out of that just being reliant upon myself more if that makes sense but then there's this almost this this further journey to actually sort of just to really come back to yourself again and to really feel that f- for someone with my psychology it's okay for me to have needs it's okay for me to have boundaries it's nothing you know no no one's going to completely flip out i don't need to save or fix anyone else i mean i'm i can offer things to people but For me, and I think it's also what you were sort of moving towards, is that that sense of just being really composed or sort of secure within yourself, and a way finding a way so that your sense of worth isn't only dependent upon your sort of success in the world, as it were. Somehow you feel that sense of sort of worthiness within you, and then everything becomes so much more relaxed and blissful because your sense of Validation and identity isn't only because of, say in my case, the number of students that have bought my new course or, of course, I want people to buy my work and I want the numbers to go up in and that, in that, to have more engagement, but I'm not, I'm kind of, I'm identified with something else primarily and it's not the same thing as just being successful, you know, in the eyes of the world because i mean touching upon who i was referencing a little bit before william blake he was some of these figures they were not successful in their own day they weren't you know there are there were artists that most that most people would never have heard of that were a lot more famous than william blake was in his day um but yet he was so dedicated to his art he was so he was so absorbed in his art he he would refer to himself as a, a mental prince someone that although he lived the life of poverty, seemed to be completely content, or at least in his older days, he was like that. So that's kind of what I would, people like that is what I would sort of (laughs) aspire aspire to be, because I think that for a a lot of us these days, we get so identified with either our thinking, our thoughts, or our work, or our projects, you know, to somehow have that ability to have that, detachment but we still care it's not like we become completely cold robots we still care hugely but we're able to have that detachment to our work as well i think that's a really amazing thing if we can find
0: Mm. so we we talked right at the outset of this about well just really use the phrase anchoring and nourishing a vision so i guess if we've kind of identified that there is this kind of inner smile this inner creativity this Mm. kind of either self-generated because we're consciously doing it or feeling called by some force or energy elsewhere into a particular direction if if by doing that we kind of identify oh now i've got this vision in my mind or in my head or you know in my heart to to sort of see something in the future but i can kind of live the journey every day how do we kind of anchor that because obviously as everyday life then comes in from left field or right field as we start to feel pressures on you know being a human being um and also human doing because there's lots of stuff to do at the same time mm-hmm. how, how do we kind of do this this anchoring and nourishing because it feels like it's something that could get either very distracted away from or it could be quite a challenge to kind of maintain when we get all these other external pressures coming in
1: mm, I think it's um, I mean one one thing that I do is often when I'm start I'm sort of uh, starting to get into that process of kindling a project that I you know I'll get my crayons out I'll get the the big sheets of paper I'll be doing drawings I'll be doing, really just playing with it imaginatively it's very important particularly people like me who are you know quite busy up in the head with thinking a lot of the time that i don't immediately start just thinking about it in terms of okay you know it it would be easy sometimes just to have the idea and then quickly into the manifestation quickly into well how's this going to work and and so, I definitely encourage people not to do that. Stay longer in the play, the creativity, because in, or, in order to have the the long term sustainability and momentum, you are going to have to stay emotionally engaged with your project. You don't get that. You don't get it just from having it up here and your thinking mind. Your thinking mind can make decisions about what's good or what's bad or what will work, what won't work. But that's not going to sustain you long term. You need to be able to. Hold the hold the project really w- within your heart center, and an aspect of doing that is kind of protecting that. And uh, I'm sure people, you know, I am being kind of serious when I say this. I think it's not it's not such a good idea to talk to other people about your vision too quickly. It's a little bit like what authors have when they're writing a book. When you start talking to others, although you might be excited about it, you're, you're talking to others. With the best will in the world what often people what they'll feel like their role is to do is to tell you if if they think it's a good idea or not (laughs) if they think it's a good idea or if it would work or what the drawbacks might be and and that can sometimes very much um uh sort of sort of fracture the sacredness of maybe what's sort of developing within yourself so i would say you know for at least a month or a couple of months just keep it to yourself i mean we live in a culture where it's crazy it's like privacy has such a bad name as it were you know everything is supposed to be public everything all experiences no privacy but actually when you're developing a new project i think it's incredibly skillful to keep things private it's a little bit like if you went on your first date and you were trying you're trying to charm some person you're on your first date someone that you're attracted to or something it wouldn't be skillful for you just to kind of lay it all out you know tell them everything about yourself <laughs> you know it it's energetically much more healthy to keep a lot of it just within ourselves you know we get sometimes when we're excited we're like i'm going to tell and to tell my partner my friends are going to share the, you know i'm so excited about things and you think oh this is going to be good but what you end up is just the loads of feedback that might make you feel prematurely that your idea or your project isn't so good but it's not fully formed yet so why you haven't even cre- you haven't you haven't really you know really gone into it yet enough within yourself at least don't talk to people about it until it's secure enough within yourself that you're not just going to be um you know you're not going to have the wind taken out of your sails just if they tell you if it's a (laughs) good idea or bad idea i think our partners sometimes can be probably the worst for that in terms of you know well you tried this before and it didn't work or i just don't think that's a good idea or you know it's like it's in the early stages i just don't think it's really helpful when we're trying to really um yeah there needs to be that sort of process of whatever you want to say fermentation or (laughs) i think you need to know as well when you're when you're when you're ready to to to, for your project to go airborne and we're we're in a i know people this is a bit of a cliche but it's so true we're in a culture of instant um instant satisfaction we expect things to happen so quickly it's not easy for us to think in the long term to really plan ahead everyone is trying to manifest things so quickly it's really good to sort of you know really feel into this stuff in the long term particularly if it's a work project that's going to take up a lot of your time you know really feeling into well what how is this going to look in two years three years five years and yeah i'm coming back to what i was saying at the beginning of this this is this is not necessarily things that I've always done <laughs> myself. This is I'm talking from experience. Sometimes I would try and manifest things too quickly and get excited without really thinking it through. There is a time to really think it through logically. But, you know, and but think about try we think it's important for us to feel that we're able to think about things in the long term because we live in a culture where almost every year we're expecting it just to be you know like doomsday the end of the world or something's going to happen it's not i think in the past it would have been easier for people to really um visualize long-term projects because they just felt more secure i mean a lot of this is just about feeling more secure within ourselves and uh taking time over the development of these things
0: Mm. Leading question, where where does dreaming or the way you would define dreaming with, uh, and I'm sure you're going to explain to us um, the art of dreaming, because there is a skill and an art and a science behind dreaming. Um, Where where does that fit into this? Does does it fit into this? Can it be used consciously or even you might describe it as subconsciously to kind of nourish the vision or does it have a part to play?
1: Oh, abs- absolutely absolutely I mean a simple way of describing what happens within dreaming is it, it's it can be some it can be like a, a helpful feedback system for what's happening on an emotional level in the science it's very clear that our dreams are very reflective of, of, of our emotional states not necessarily just factually what was happening in our lives at a certain time but definitely emotionally there's a it's very clear in the science there's a strong correlation between what was happening emotionally and 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 then what gets played out in our dreams because as well in the science and it wasn't so long ago that you know there were certain you know even sleep scientists or people commenting they just felt that dreams were just random you know neurological firings in the brain they had no purpose they, they knew they were connected to RAM sleep but they were more like a is the word epiphenomenon, like something like that's a little bit like the the warmth of the light bulb so it's just a byproduct of, of another process which is really about creating the light but actually the science is now saying that dreams help with our creativity they help, because they help us to make those sort of non obvious associations but they definitely i find when when my life is really moving forward really growing then i have i often get that confirmation back from the confirmation back within my dreams and that can be incredibly affirming for us as individuals because it may i mean may, it will probably be you know our friends people close to us will notice you know they, they might say tom you look really well like you know you're doing really well at the moment but that can also happen within our dreams uh because even if we just think about these things in terms of the brain you know my brain is a part of me my it's not a part of anyone else it, it wants to work for me so therefore if i'm moving forward if even if on an emotional level if i let go of something if, if i'm really sort of progressing i will get that confirmation back from a dream figure someone will come through to me i mean about a week ago my grand bless her he's now um transitioned she's now died a number of years ago but she came through to me really happy she was she was saying things you know like this is wonderful tom you know finally you know you're really able to express to people why you like the things you do and why you live in this way this is such an incredible thing and that was wow wow you know that was really nice it was really nice to have that. I mean, one of the th- one of the practices in 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 dreaming, and just sort of touch upon two things. One of the practices that, that I've been into for a long time, nearly twenty years now, is lucid dreaming, where you're not only uh, aware of your dream. I mean, to the extent that you can remember your dreams in the morning, and that's important to keep a dream journal. But not only that, but you, you're almost you can say waking up within your dreams you're what you're conscious within the dream state and because you're conscious in the dream state you can navigate in, through the dreams in ways that are not so easy to do in an ordinary non-lucid dream so for example if i was lucid in that dream where my gran came through i would be able to say look hey gran i know this is a dream this is incredible we're here that we're here together what about we go on a journey together what about we explore the dream terrain or you know fly through the sky and have an incredible experience whereas in most people's and i would feel that i mean i would feel the same joy of doing that as i would do if i could fly let's say in physical reality it really is it feels the same and so things like lucid dreaming can bring a lot of joy a lot of um you know a lot of learning a lot of creativity because yeah. i very much see the realm of dreams and our waking life is not being a separate reality but a reality that kind of overlaps and intermingles so whatever we accomplish you could say in the dreaming realm filters through um into into our life and this is not just something that i've come up with i mean spiritual traditions have been talking about that for thousands of years that the the connection between the realm of dreams or the other world and our waking life there's so many examples of of scientists or or uh, great artists who 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 their inspiration was kind of um for want of a better world sort of channeled through the realm of dreams it really is a a, an avenue of, of kind of rich creativity
0: Mm So and super efficient for all these very busy people, because it means that you can actually be working on your vision when you're asleep, which is amazing. And I think just as a little piece of, I guess, kind of. Reality, I think, for lots of us is when when you think about when you awaken in the morning and even if you're not um, yet um, capable or um, able to do lucid dreaming, as Tom describes, when you wake in the morning, that very first thought that you have, if you can just think, OK, what's my what's my my moment mm-hmm. here for the day what it what is you know what, what am I taking from last night's sleep and uh-huh. and just kind of think have I got any really great ideas just playing around just as I wake yeah. up in that little transition and this is worth playing with people you know, in that little transition between sleep and awakening if you can just think okay what's a great idea there there is a great idea kind of going around in my mind right now what uh-huh. is it where is it you can often tap into something you think whoa that was a great idea and then write it down Make sure you capture it, because often in that transition, you miss it. You miss the moment or you instantly forget it. So if you do capture anything, it's a great little sort of thing to try next time you wake up. See if you can spot a really, really great idea, but log it, capture it in the moment. W- would you say it's that journaling, that logging, Tom, that's critical with this?
1: Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't i've never met a single person who practices who who's a regular lucid dreamer who, who doesn't remember their dreams regularly and the best way to remember your dreams is to keep a dream journal uh, and obviously you can you can do that by writing it down you can record things on your smartphone what i like to do is i like to re- because i often like to go for a walk in the morning i'll record my dreams in a, in a little mini dictaphone and then later that day or a few days later i'll then transfer it into my written dream journal I mean, one of the things that's been incredible for me as well about having a dream journal for many years is I find it so interesting to go back and look about what I was dreaming or the lucid dreams I had from 10 years ago, five years, 12 years ago, because I find that sometimes the messages that came through 12 years ago are still completely relevant for me now. And I think, God, you know, why was I not paying more attention? It was it was gold dust. It was, it was magic coming through. So I think that's one another th- another good reason to, to keep a dream journal so it, gives, it is something like a kind of uh, a diary of just what was going on in your psyche and your life and your emotional world the different uh, periods of your periods of your life and I think it's very just psychologically integrating as well and and as well as the practice that you were talking about when you wake up they know in the science that one of the things that happens when we dream and is also within dreamless sleep is your brain your mind is kind of working out the problems or the issues that haven't so one good technique is to is to almost go to bed and uh, feel into an issue that is not quite resolved somehow either in your work or your emotional life really going to bed with that question in your mind and often what will happen is that uh people will feel like even if they're not conscious what, what's happened in the dreams but they'll just feel that when they wake up suddenly they know you know they you know I mean like they, they know what to do about that issue or they know how to sort of how to manifest whatever it is that they were unsure about so that's another good technique to explore
0: we've just been inundated with amazing little tips and techniques from tom in this session really really valuable stuff how do how do people contact you tom because you you have as you described you know a lot of courses a lot of programs you do in-person stuff you do online stuff how what's the best way for people to kind of explore more and find out about some of your current projects but also some of those courses if people want to learn more about this
1: yeah, sure. So my website is called um, soulremember.com and uh, people can go go onto my website, they can contact me. Um, all of my courses at the moment are on uh, the platform called Udemy, spelled with dot com. If you go on there and you search for Tom Llewellyn, my courses will come up. So we've got lots of courses on dreaming, sound therapy, Uh celtic spirituality meditation mindfulness uh loads of different things on there so there's a really i think there's a good you know we've worked hard <laughs> i i have definitely worked hard and and a lot of the courses as well particularly the newer ones are more collaborative courses so people can check out my work on on udemy as well
0: brilliant this is this has been a fascinating conversation. It's so good to connect, and uh, yeah, it would be great to run a maybe a little series in the coming year where we can sort of go and do a deeper dive into some of these uh, some of these ideas because um, I think you know that there, there's so much here for everybody, and I think it is just that case of you know just allowing yourself that creativity allowing yourself to dream keeping a mm-hmm. journal you know mm-hmm. all of these tips that um you shared mm-hmm. with us tom so you know on behalf of everybody listening you know very very grateful and uh, yeah no, just keep dreaming keep, keep yeah. visioning is is the trick isn't it really absolutely keep creative thank you